Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, what's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having an amazing day so far. Oh, man, another month, another monthly reflection episode. I cannot believe we are up to seven for the year so far, and they just keep getting deeper and more connected as I continue shedding parts of myself that don't serve the life that I want to create. And July was such an incredible month. Like I was pretty much living out of a suitcase the entire month. It was hectic, heartbreaking, and healing. I had an incredible friend of mine pass away from stage four cancer. And, you know, death usually, at least for me, ends up bringing a lot of very potent life lessons and things that allow me to get clear around my path and my life. And it's clear to me that a lot of the events that happened in July really helped me get intimate with that inner critic within myself the judgy voice that stops me from really stepping into fully embracing my gifts as a leader. And for me, getting intimate with the critical voice, the negative voices in myself has been one of the most powerful learning experiences I could have had. And I talk a lot about that on this week's episode because it's really easy to learn from, or it's really easy to be inspired by or learn from the positive and the positive stuff that's happening. But the negative and the negative voices in your own internal experience has so much juice and has so much, um, there's so much richness and potency in being able to lean into those t- more tender the parts of ourselves that we don't really want to look at as our greatest teachers. And, and that's really what I had a chance to do in July. I had a chance to embody a new level of leadership, one that encompassed all the parts of me, the light, the shadow, the good, the bad. And learn to, to rewire and repattern that voice in my head that tells me any part of me is not enough. And I think that's what we're all here to do. We're all here to continue rising in love and ascending into the greatest versions of self-healing and self-compassion that we can so that we can serve others from that place of unconditional service, from that place of unconditional love, so that we're not projecting ourself onto others in the world. And instead, we're coming from the pure space of love in our essence and in our souls. And so I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I talked about so many different concepts. It's hard for me to nail one in this intro, but it was rich, fulfilling. And by the end of this episode, I think you guys will have a lot of inspiration and knowledge and insights on how to forge a new relationship with your inner critic. So I hope you guys enjoy it. If you haven't already subscribed to us on iTunes, all that means is that every single time I release a new episode, it drops straight into your inbox. You can listen to us on Spotify or any of the podcast apps for that matter. Reach out to me on Instagram with a DM if anything that we said on this episode resonates and lands for you. I want to hear from you. Share your shares on social media. It goes a long way in me just connecting with you. I mean, I this is some deep work. This is some deep, vulnerable work in the world. And so I just love hearing from others that are also unraveling themselves and learning how to upgrade themselves and and, and on the journey to self-healing and self-empowerment. So 
Thank you again so much for being here with me as I've been navigating such a crazy year. This is one of the most difficult years of my life. Lots of ups and downs, lots of learnings. And at the end of it, there's just a lot of gold because I think it's really hard to find the truest versions of yourself when things are going great. But when things are going hard, if we can learn to lean into life as our greatest teacher, if we can learn to lean into our judgments as our greatest teachers, we can truly emerge into into power, into an embodied sense of self that cannot be taken away from you no matter what is happening in the world. So I want that for you. I want that for me. I want that for all of us. So thank you so much for taking the time to have these conversations with yourself and to learn more about how you can continue stepping into the, the most healing versions of self-love that that we can all that we all get to embody in every moment. And uh, with that said, I'm going to pass it on to Georgina as we kick off this month's monthly reflection episode. Enjoy. Yo, 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 what's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having a brilliantly peachy, bubbly, lovely day. I am so grateful to be back here discussing another month. One of my favorite human beings on the planet. Hi, Georgina. Hey, Raj. Yeah, another month. Can you believe it? Say this every month, and it's going to sound like a broken tape record, but I just don't care. I can't. Because <laughs> it's... Now I'm starting to really feel like, man, like it's starting to feel like 2021 is really settled in. Like we have had a year, like, I mean, it's, it's August now and now more than half the year done. Like, you know, we're starting to get ready for Christmas planning for the companies. And like, it's like starting to plan out vacations and stuff. And so it's like, I, I can even feel, it's a weird thing when you shift from, you know, kind of like the July kind of hot summer and August is still really hot and summery, but it's like, you kind of getting close to the September range where you're really starting to lean into kind of the slowing down. And, and I think there's something really cyclical about that. Like, you know, uh, all the seasons themselves are actually based around, um, or the original, like the ancient, the Mayan calendars and all the calendars are all based around the equinoxes and the solstices, right? So like the longest and shortest days of the year. So it kind of makes sense that even our internal clocks, our cycles are actually starting to shift on a subconscious level, whether we're consciously aware of it because of a calendar or not. Um, and that's what adds even more texture to the reflection process and being able to really pay attention because you're paying attention. Like I was actually going through my notes for the last eight months, in addition to this month's reflection notes. And wow, <laughs> I can't believe I write that much. It like kind of blows me away a little bit, but I don't know. There's just a lot that comes up. <laughs> You get it. You're a writer. Like, you know, when you just start like busting stuff out and you're like just dumping it out, like you just, you just can't stop. But when you start feeling what you're writing, like, you know, there's one thing to just write a little checklist thing down, but then when you start feeling it, all of a sudden things just start flowing and then dots start connecting and, and it's a glorious experience. I think that's part of the power of this. As you said, when you feel as you write, you're able to put into words the feelings you have, which helps you, which helps deepen your understanding, strengthens your awareness. And then you just get the lessons so much quicker. So there's there's so much value in this reflective process. It's such a good thing to do. And it's such a, um, you know, I was really thinking about like, what are we teaching here? At the core of it, we're teaching leadership, self-leadership, the ability to manage one's emotions. It's emotional <laughs> intelligence. It's, we're really teaching you how to be your own guru, your own healer, your own 
mirror, your own answer bank, like at the core of it and leaning into life as that greatest teacher. And we were discussing this earlier before we, before we hit the record button, but you know, my idea of a leader has really changed over time. It's evolved. Like, and when I think about leadership, I'm not thinking about like, you know, being a CEO in a company like that is, that is baked into what I'm sharing here. But really what I'm, what I'm really talking about is personal leadership, which is personal accountability, which is the ability for anybody on the planet to have a greater level of awareness of their skill sets, of their strengths, of their weaknesses, of their willpower, of their resolve, of their resilience, of their tenacity, of their essence, of their soul, of the combination, the uniqueness of their mind, body, spirit, heart. Like to me, leadership is just knowing more about the self. Because when you know more about the self, you can embody the self more and you can show up bigger in not just your relationships, not just in your intimate life, not just in your creations and business endeavors or your career, not just in your philanthropic efforts and your communities, not just in your families, but purely for yourself. And, you know, when I first got on the journey of personal development, it was, it was a sobering experience because I had to get very honest with myself about what I wasn't doing great. I had to get very honest with myself about what I was, what wasn't working. And I remember back in the day, like my, my number one value was radical honesty. I remember. Mm-hmm. Right? Like radical mm-hmm. honesty. When, when we first launched, uh, we, for all the new listeners here, uh, we used to have a stay grounded mentoring community. And inside of that community, one of the first values was radical honesty. And radical honesty to me was this, this idea of, being radically truthful with yourself because lying to yourself is the greatest disservice you can do to yourself. And I love that because it allowed me to change my life. Got honest about, I wasn't happy with my finances. Okay. I need to find better mentors. I need to make better changes. I need to do more. Great. I made changes to change my life. I wasn't happy with my health. So great. I had to make changes to change my life. Like it was very useful at the time. And now I've kind of evolved into a space where I've realized after I've done a lot of work that I made it really hard on myself by being so hard on myself. And I know that sounds really like kind of crazy to hear out loud, but I realized this month, one of the biggest realizations that I had just through creating and having difficult conversations and allowing myself to be seen and taking a greater level of accountability and leadership for myself was how harsh my own inner critic has been when I make mistakes, when I didn't have it figured out. So you're kind of saying that there was this radical honesty piece, which opened up some insight, but I'm hearing there's something here about it was being really, you were being really hard on yourself in that process. So Right. Like it's, there's a lack of self-love right, right. at the core of it. Right. In the beginning, you're like, God, I need to change. I hate my body. I'm not really doing great. Like, oh my God, like I'm, I can never get it right. Like I keep failing with relationships. Da, 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 da. I need to be different. That voice can spur change. So it's useful. I'm not saying, and that's the, that's the, that's the crazy part about this whole thing. Like that mean voice serves a purpose right? and it serves us. And what I'm realizing now is that like, in hindsight, like I could have, and that's what's so beautiful about hindsight. It's 2020. Like I could have probably had the same experience and the same level of growth loving my strengths and loving the parts of me that I dismissed and judged so heavily instead of being such a harsh critic of myself. Because the harsh critic is, again, it's just a voice. 
And it's a learned voice, right? It's a learned voice that we learn from how other people talk to themselves, how other people talk to the people we love. It's a harsh critic about how others are judgeful of their mistakes. Or if you came home with a bad grade and you were really good at this subject and you were really bad at that subject, there's this like inherent voice of judgment that's, I think, trapped inside of our society. Therefore, it's trapped inside of us. And, and this month, I really had a beautiful opportunity to sort of examine my own voice of judgment, my own inner critic, and why he's still so hard on himself. Like, why, is, why, is, why am I so hard on myself still? Why do I push so hard to be better? There's an intrinsic desire in me to grow. I have that. I've always had that. I've always had this desire to be, be my best. Like, I just want to put my best out there into the world, whatever that is. Right. And that has evolved over the years because best is a relative concept. But I've just always had this desire to embody my, you know, my my heart and really, really, really share my authenticity with the with with the world. And so even I've gotten there and I'm here now and I still have this inner critic when I make mistakes, when I'm not doing good enough, when I should have done better, when I could have prevented this. Oh my god. Like, if I was just a little more careful and not as reckless, if I, if I just wasn't so creative and just da, 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 if I had a little more structure, like all of it's true and is the voice of judgment necessary? And that was one of the biggest things that I examined this month. Like, is the voice of judgment necessary to get the end result that we want, which is actually like, like, what is the judgment trying to do? The judgment is purely just trying to stop you from making the same mistakes again because the mistakes hurt, right? Like letting people down hurts. So like you judge yourself, your inner critic judges you so that you don't make the same mistakes to hurt that person again or hurt another person again because you love that person maybe, or you just don't want to be that, right? So there's a loving aspect to it. And can we bring in a different mic or a different voice or a different energy as we're navigating changes in our lives, because change is hard. And it gets even harder when we're mean to ourselves. It gets even harder when we put ourselves down. It gets even harder when we compare ourselves to others. It gets even harder when we can't get this voice that's telling us we're not enough. We're not lovable. We're should be doing more. We could be there. Like there's, we already should have learned that lesson. I've wasted all this time. All of that could be true, and does it have to be so mean? And that has been kind of the core theme, I think, for my month of like really, it's a deeper layer of self-love around examining that voice of judgment. Where does it come from? How does it, what triggers it? What kinds of conversations do I feel like I get really defensive around? Mm -hmm. And I start defending my judgment, or I start siding with it versus siding with me, who's just raw and authentic and allowing myself to be seen and vulnerable and messy and and putting myself out there and creating my life. So anyways, that's kind of the container of where I've been <laughs> dancing. So I'm loving this real insight into what your inner critic is saying and how on the one hand, it's been really purposeful and it's in inspired you to grow. But on the other hand, it's been really mean and hasn't been fueled by self-love. So what I'm really curious to know is, sounds like this inner critic's been speaking for quite some time. So what was it about this month that almost put the spotlight on this inner critic that enabled you to have this insight, i.e. how can other people create that kind of line in the sand where they get to really see who their inner critic is and the kind of things it's saying so they can do this work with it? I like to think of 
there's the observer and then there's the one that's being observed in life. Like that's the practice of mindfulness, right? So like if you think about like meditating, like you're meditating and when you're in the act of meditating, you are being the observer of your thoughts, Mm -hmm. right? Like same thing with when you're in a trigger, like let's say you have a really difficult conversation with a loved one, you get triggered when you create the space to actually like distance yourself from a reactive sort of response to the trigger, you're being the observer of the emotion and the trigger. When I like to think of the critic and the judge, I like to think of it the same way. It's really slippery because it's so ingrained in our culture, but it's those moments where you feel like it's those moments in my mind. Actually, that's it. It's those moments in my mind. It's those moments where I return to my mind. Right. And I begin calculating. That's usually where my inner critic begins to show up. Because when I'm present and I'm in presence, there is no critic. There's just flow. There's just love. There's just an exchange of information. The analysis is where the critic usually lives. For me, at least in my life. Beautiful example. In fact, this was a huge thing this month. So I, I, had, a, I had a really dear friend of mine, a man named Tristan Roney, passed away from cancer. He was struggling with stage four cancer. He'd been diagnosed five years ago and he was given almost a 2% chance that he was going to live beyond, I think like, I don't know, six months. I don't remember. I need to go back. You should go to his latest Instagram post. I posted a picture on Instagram with him and you should read it. He actually said it's like 2% chance he was going to live five years. And it was like three or four years in. So just amazing heart, huge soul. I learned so much from the guy just around, especially like I really got to know him like the last eight months of his life. Like that's when I really got to know him. In fact, that's when I met him. I met him eight months before he died. And I just became so close with him and just got to experience him. And it's a different level of intimacy when you're experiencing somebody who's given the sentence he was given and continued living. And like when he knows, and, and it's a different level of intimacy when there's somebody who's, you know, he, he knows he's going to die, yet he's still showing up and doing the work, yet he's still showing up and healing his own inner critic. Right. He's still showing up. And, and with him, you know, the more, and this is a side note, but the more he healed his inner critic, the longer he was living the more life he was living, the more love he was living with, the more his body started to heal, which is a whole conversation for another point. But what inspired me to really start looking at the inner critic was when um, two days before, a week before he passed, he wanted to get a painting commissioned. You know, I've gotten a painting commission before. I, I commissioned a painting last year for myself. It was a beautiful, mythical piece about a young boy going through a forest. And it was really beautiful. You can go read that story on Instagram too. Um, but it was, it was a really beautiful piece and it was really meaningful. And he wanted somebody who could do something meaningful. So I introduced him to my artist and, you know, he kind of couldn't really speak much like because he was losing his voice. And, you know, so he just kind of drew a little picture on a piece of paper, like a little drawing on a piece of paper and that was it i was like really messy really shabby no instructions nothing i introduced them and then i just kind of got out of the way i was like hey you know do your thing bro 
the Monday, I introduced them on Friday. The Monday after I introduced them, we got a call from his, uh, his wife saying that he was doing really bad and that you know, he was just in really bad shape and he didn't have a lot of time. And she didn't even call about the painting. Like she didn't call about the painting. She was just calling because she was freaking out. And, you know, Gina, my girlfriend, was soothing her down and talking to her. And, and I remember calling Ori, my artist, and I was like, Ori, we got to get this painting done now. And this was a three by four foot painting. So it's not a small piece. Um, and it's a custom commission based on a little drawing that it looks like a toddler drew. And, um, and I remember that week, um, you know, I couldn't ask for feedback. I didn't, couldn't ask Tristan for feedback. I couldn't ask him, but I worked night and day to, to with Ori. I was his voice. I, I gave all the suggestions on Tristan's behalf. I gave everything. I was just, Hey man, I think this is what he wanted. This is no, I mean, this is what he might want. Like, I don't know, man. And every single time I would make a suggestion, my critic would come up and be like, how do you know? You have no idea. That's his vision. What are you doing? Ask his wife. Like, which was another word for don't trust yourself. What my inner critic kept telling me was, don't trust yourself. Don't trust yourself. Don't trust yourself. And it kept reinforcing that over and over and over again. Every single time I would be like, is that something he would want? Is that what he means? Because I knew about his life. I, I did as much research as I could. I, I asked his wife. I, I did interview. Like, you know, I was like, I, was, I, I knew his heart. I knew what he was like feeling. But like, I couldn't piece it all together. And it was just the most beautiful thing. I remember, and this is a very spiritual, you know, I don't know what your beliefs are around the afterlife and death. And, but, you know, I've always just had very mystical experiences around my loved ones passing. Like when my grandma died, I had really powerful breathwork experience that allowed me to connect with her and really feel into her when she was passing. And, and then, uh, when my, like when, when Tristan died, like I was just, it was the weirdest thing. Like the night before he died, I was like hustling to get this painting done and making all these changes and doing all these things. And the painting was like, you know, it was uh, him standing inside of a giant rainbow with his kids on both sides of the rainbows. And there were sparks coming out of his head and that was, the, that was what he wanted. And he kind of described like, this is, you know, me, this is, uh, he had a little like ayahuasca cup at the bottom to signify a plant medicine journey he had been on. Like he had his son on the right and his daughter on the left and sparks. And I was just like, I don't know the story. And I'm like trying to give it meaning. And I'm like telling a story and I'm talking to Ori and I'm like, Ori, I think this is what he's trying to convey. I think he's trying to convey that like just... And I, I don't know. I was just like the magic in his, and in, in, it's just the magic of his children. Like I, I just felt that I was just like his, his kids are magical. They're beautiful. They're bubbly. They're sweet. They're so precious. And just feel like there's something about that, like magic and his kids. And it's like this mystical forest. And I was just like, no, 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 man, it can't be it. Like there's gotta be something more. Da, 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 da. This doesn't. Da, 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 da. And I remember being in Austin at the time. And I was sitting on uh, one of my one of my friend's porch, and we were looking out over the um, looking out at the porch. They have a beautiful garden in the back, and and it was raining. And all of a sudden, I saw a rainbow. And not only, and I was like, "Holy crap!" And it was like, like 
it was, it was, it was starting to be a big rainbow. Like I've never seen a full rainbow. Like I've seen kind of sparks of rainbows covered by clouds and like, you know, rainbows in the sky and, you know, rainbow twinkles here and there, but like, I'd never seen like a full rainbow and I saw a full rainbow over like a 10 minute span. And then after that, there was a double rainbow that came above it. And I'd never seen that in my life. And I was like in awe of what I was looking at. And that was a clue. And that was a sign for me to quiet my inner voice. It was trust. Because my inner critic, my biggest inner critic is you can't trust yourself, Raj. If you're going to go and do that thing that no one's ever done, you can't trust yourself to actually make Because my inner critic is based on people that I know in my life that may not trust themselves to go do something that they've never done. Right? People that may not trust themselves to go take a chance on themselves. Like, in wherever those voices came from, it's a pattern and it's, and it's something that shows up in almost every area of my life. This trigger, this experience with Tristan's painting was just one experience. To close out the loop on that story, hustled, hustled, hustled. I felt I just kept going. And then at that point, I was like, all right, I'm just going to trust my heart because he is speaking through my heart. And there's this beautiful connection that I feel like, especially at the end of life, like all the people that love that person end up feeling that person because we're connected by something so much bigger than what the mind can comprehend. You don't even have to be near them. It's like you can feel something like somewhere. And I remember talking to so many people the week after around how many people saw rainbows or how many people had like feelings or dreams where he just showed up and super beautiful and magical and wonderful. And uh, I just felt this, I just felt it in my heart that like, whatever I feel in my heart is actually what the universe actually wants me to put out. And if Tristan is part of the universe, then I must be channeling him in my heart. And that was a different voice of love. It was a different voice of love compared to the voice of critics. It was the voice of, no, 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 you can't do this. You're not right. So I created, I just kept going. I made my own span. I had a little taste. I added my own little magic in there because I was feeling it. And I was like, I think this is going to be great. This is this because this is what I believe about him. And um, it's, it's crazy, you know, or he finished the painting that night. And that was the night that he passed and we didn't get to deliver it to him in person. We were planning an in-person reveal in Utah the Saturday after and, you know, we couldn't do it, but we ended up doing the reveal anyway and, you know, shared a lot of beautiful moments with a lot of beautiful people that loved him very dearly. I share that because even he had a voice of judgment where he hated him. He judged himself so much for, you know, at the end of life, like leaving his family behind, like, he was judging himself for being somebody who was, who was in that space and, and, and hurting. And he had his own things to heal. And he still found a way to love himself, even then, at the end of life. And I see that in everybody. I see that in my dad. I see that in my mom. I see that in you. I see that in me. I see that in my business partners. I see that all over the place, this voice of judgment that just, if we don't, do what our mind thinks is the perfect thing to do. We judge it and we compare it and it's not enough. And I've realized through making that painting really in reflection now, like, like you can't 
have the magic without the chaos. Like it's like being a, a, a my 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 girlfriend likes to call me this tornado in a t-shirt. <laughs> you know, like like there's this like lots of magic, like zzz, really fast, really excited, really inspired, really creative, really like fun and like you know just I'd like to go and be out there and ah. But on the other side of that, there's a lot of inner critics and or there's a lot of like, like a lot of mistakes that I might have made in the past. A lot of, you know, growing up, I might have been that naturally bubbly, bright, da, 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 but, you know, failed in, in school in certain departments or gotten slapped on the wrist by teachers for being naughty or sent to detention or done all, the, you know, like that natural spark in that light we all have it as children and we all embody it until we make a mistake that gets slapped that either somebody else withholds love from us for like a parent, like don't do that. And we make that like, Oh man, like if I do this, I, I won't get love. And so like, why are you doing this man? Like you're just hurting them. Da, 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 da. Or this like in, in school, like, you know, you didn't get, you didn't get that 99 on the test. You didn't get the hundred on the test. Like, Oh man, like I could have studied more. I could have done more. Da, 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 da. Or that voice that's like going to the gym every single day. And you're not seeing yourself look like the other person that shows up one day a week and is just naturally shredded. And then you beat yourself up. Like whatever that is, right? Those voices, they're all learned and they're all adopted and we're, they're all in our response to life, right? Like we show up naturally brilliant in life and then life responds back to us, whether it's through a person, whether it's through a, a rule, whether it's through an experience, whether it's through general trauma and triggers and, and shitty experiences, whatever they are, they shape our inner critics. And then our inner critics are the ones that are telling us no. Wow. What a, that was such a, such a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that, that, that just really touched me and such a powerful reminder of like the magic you can tap into and the wisdom you can experience when you allow you know stop the inner critic being the one who's in control and let let the heart speak and then the truth is revealed in that moment so I'd love to look a little bit deeper as to how you've been cultivating this this heart voice now that you're so aware of what your inner critic is saying and what's the difference between the two and how are you making it so that the heart is more of the the dominant force well simple note and i'll i'll, I'll dive into the the nitty-gritty in a second but mm -hmm. i just want to bake this overall concept in because like when you really look at let's 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 take a look at that magic that you have right you can't actually be like, for me, like I know myself, like naturally I'm extremely passionate. I get really excited. I'm really great at starting new projects. I'm not the best at like doing the same thing every single day. That's why I didn't really work well in corporate America. Like I couldn't just go in and just like do the same thing every day. Like it, it, for me, it was just, it was, it wasn't fueling me from the inside yeah. out, right? Other people are different. Like some people love just yeah. having the same thing to do every single day. Like, you know, we have team members on our team, like that just love, like, Hey, this is what I got to do. I'm going to knock it out and I'm going to do a great job. And yes, like, but for me, it wasn't that. And so like, 
I used to really judge myself for not being so good at doing the same thing over and over and over again. I'd be like, you're not disciplined. God, you can't stick to something that you just do. God, you're so bad at tracking stuff. (laughs) Right? Awesome. Great. Yeah. I'm not good at all that stuff. Yes. And that voice is actually trying to tell me, hey, Raj, if you're not good at tracking stuff, you're going to get in trouble. (laughs) Well, no. Wait, 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 wait. It's telling me two things. Yes. It's telling me, don't do it. Right? My heart is telling me, don't do it. But my mind, the inner critic, the inner critic is truly just trying to protect me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always. The inner critic, it might be mean. And I know we have a, we call him the inner critic, but like in my heart, I have a lot of compassion for him now because he's just trying to stop me from hurting myself. Right? The brain, the mind just wants you to survive, right? It's doing its best to keep you alive. Like it doesn't want you to necessarily thrive because that's not the operating system it's running on. The normal for the brain is to survive. And if you want, and you know, I read this quote to you earlier from a a dear, just a mentor of mine. Let me see if I can find it. The brain creates the normal based on pattern recognition. Elevating consciousness is about upgrading the brain's normal so that it is rooted in the reality of the magic you desire to experience. Mm -hmm. So normally our brains are like, survive. So the inner critic, if that's the normal, it's just going to keep you surviving. And what is your survival based on? What you've already lived through. And your past, if you've lived through reprimanding, if you've lived through, like if your rule set and your beliefs are telling you that, Oh my God, I have to follow the rules. I have to do it this way. I have to be like this in order to be loved, in order to be successful, in order to not be judged, in order to get what I want. Like you're going to follow that, right? So your brain, your inner critic is actually serving your, your, it's, it's, it's there. It's meant to serve. Your brain is not meant to hurt you. It's meant to serve. Yeah. So it's not about transcending the brain. It's about befriending it, I think, with the heart. And we've talked about that concept on the podcast in the past. But what I'm recognizing right now is when my brain says, Raj, you're not good at like when my inner critic comes to me and is like, okay, let's say I didn't track my numbers as well as I should have for this marketing plan we were trying to do because I just, I was busy doing other things I found more passionate and exciting. And I dropped the ball here, right? Let's just say I dropped the ball. My inner critic's like, damn, Raj, like if you would have just paid attention, you could have actually like made way more money and you could have like done so much better. God, dude, like when are you going to learn? Okay. The when are you going to learn piece is not useful, but the first part of what my judgment is telling my inner critic is telling me is actually really useful data because that's true. Right. Right. So like, I think the first step is acceptance of the voice. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's accept the critic for just doing his job. He's just doing his damn job. He just wants to help you not be hurt. And then let's make changes. But most people make changes to their life without accepting the voice, without grounding themselves in compassion and acceptance, which is what creates that negative self loop, which is like this right. judgment loop of like, I did this mistake and then I'm going to judge myself for doing the mistake. And then I'm going to judge myself for being so mean to myself. And then it's just this, it was brilliant. One of the, my favorite pieces of content I consumed this month was, uh, I think I talked about on the last episode too, the, 
the ayahuasca episode with uh, Aubrey Marcus. He talked about his personal journey, uh, his last journey he did. And he talked about that concept of like, he talks about self-judgment in that one too. So if this conversation is useful for you, that one would be another layer of context. Um, but I, I really um, appreciated what I appreciate right now about where I'm at with this conversation with myself, which sounds kind of crazy to say out loud. But what I'm, what I'm really appreciating is that I'm learning to incorporate the data without beating myself up. So it sounds like you're navigating this inner critic and the one sense it's like, right, I'm going to extract and listen to the bits that are useful that are going to help me grow. And I'm going to turn down this sabotaging, berating voice. Because I can't be this bright, I I can't be this bright shining self if I was more careful. Yeah. Yeah. That makes complete sense. How would that work out? I'm more cautious and careful and double checking everything and being all dialed in like, how the hell am I going to be the bright, shining, most beautiful version of myself, right? So, like, there's a gap there. I, there's, a, there's a deficiency, absolutely. And I get to accept it. Like, all right, all right. Like, I'm okay with that about myself because I love this. I love all of this so much. Yeah. I love all of this other part of me so much. So, how can I actually prepare knowing that this is how I am? Knowing I'm a tornado in a t-shirt. How the hell can I build systems in my life? How the hell can I get accountability from other people in my life? How can I go find a coach? How can I go do this thing to help me just be be a better leader? Sometimes it's really irresponsible to be that part of you that's, oh, I'm just going to be this amazing part of myself and discount all the shortcomings because other people are going to suffer then. Right? Like if you're a leader in a company and you're not paying attention to the numbers, your employees are going to suffer. That makes sense. There's this piece that's like, there's just this beautiful opportunity. I just think it's a beautiful opportunity to just ground yourself in self-love and grow. I love that. I love that notion that this inner critic is obviously showing you the bits that potentially you're not so good at, but also inviting you to step more fully into who you are and then finding other ways to shore up the sections and the parts that Maybe other people are skilled at or you can get support in, but ultimately not undermining or dimming the light on who you actually are, like the brightest part of you. That's what the world needs. Oh, and that's the energy, right? Like it's the energy of just acceptance. Mm -hmm. I think that's at the core of it. It's the energy of acceptance. It's not necessarily gratitude. I'm not grateful for every one of my shortcomings. That's hard. How am I going to be grateful for something that hurts people or loses money or like sabotages my relationships? Like it's, it's not always easy to just out the gate be like, I'm grateful. Like acceptance is a similar frequency. And that is something that's a much more attainable in my heart, in my, in my eyes, it's a much more attainable goalpost. Like if you want a goalpost, just get to the place where you just accept that you have shortcomings. Yeah, and I mean, you can't it. be everything. You? you can't be everything to the peak. Is like we all and it's, and 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 it doesn't make you any less of a human being. It doesn't make you any less loved. It's just that you have shortcomings. And and in fact, I found the most. And when I we talked about this on a few episodes ago, I think a few reflection of the 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 healing power of being seen. When you accept yourself, like, and you name your needs and allow yourself to be seen by the relationships in your life, your team, mm-hmm. your business partners, your your lover, your Whoever you're, you're engaging in that level of intimacy with, which is vulnerability. Like you're, you know, it takes a very brave, a daring level of vulnerability to 
own your shortcomings, you know, and I, and, 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 and at the same time, it's one of the most inspiring, like, you know, when, when people call me and they're like, Hey man, I just, you know, I want to call and, and share about something I've, that's been either that I just realized about myself and I just wanted to say sorry, or I just wanted to like, just want to own it and apologize. And, you know, I, I realized that and I just love you. In fact, I had a, a really dear friend of mine. He did that this month and it was, it like made my, it was just so beautiful. And it, it was so healing for me as much as it was healing for him probably to, you know, it takes a lot of courage to say that. And I respect him so much. Um, and I think that's, that's where, you know, we talked about last month around the container of safety and, and why, how your relationships and that container of safety is so important. It's, it's that the vulnerability, but it takes first the vulnerability with yourself. The willingness yeah. to be, yeah, because you can only meet someone else at the same level you meet yourself, right? Like yeah. you cannot. That's the same. Like so, the depth you meet yourself is the depth you're going to experience in the world. It's the depth you're going to experience in your relationships. It's so. If there's any aspect of you that you're not meeting, it's also going to guard you from meeting that in other people. And I think a lot of times that's why you know. Healing starts with you. That's why personal leadership, personal accountability, like it always comes back to you and your relationship with you. So I love this notion then that the inner critic is almost this gateway, this invitation to, you know, to meet yourself and to go deeper and to be vulnerable with where you could be better, where you want to improve or who you really are. So that's, I think that's mm. a really beautiful way to kind of round this up. Yeah. And it's, it's not easy. Um, and to me, it's worth it, mm-hmm. right? Because like, if we can all embody greater levels of leadership in our hearts, like, and heart-based leadership is what I mean, not leadership of the mind, not task-based leadership, not the leadership that's like commanding what to do and power-driven, like that's in the mind. Heart-based leadership is just you being the example, right? right? It's you embodying the, the, the talk, it's you walking the walk. It's, it's that it's you allowing. And I think that, you know, in this self-critic, this judgment piece, like there's martyrs, people who Mm. will take so much on themselves, but beat themselves up if they can't take on more. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm getting at is a softer energy. What I'm getting at is, is, is a, is a more, call it a feminine energy. We can call it a more compassionate energy. We can call it a more accepting energy, whatever the word is. It's to me, it's that softer energy that I think truly heals and gives other people the permission to begin their own healing. It is the ripple that truly allows others to then put their guards down and feel seen, heard, loved, safe, and cherished as we navigate this really, really, really beautiful yet somewhat difficult thing called life. So if you had to look back over July and kind of thread a word through that month, what word would you choose? Uh, I think self-love is a, is a big word because I think I've talked about that last week too. But it's not self-love. I think the word for me is more around the... I think the word for the month for me is embodiment. Right. Like it's, it's feeling all the, 
it's 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 truly embodying and loving the voice it's 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 truly embodying the practices that allow you to develop a deeper level of intimacy with the things you become aware of in your life right the voices you become aware of the mistakes you might have made it's a to me this month has really been about embodying and and practicing all the things that i've realized over the years but i've never really truly been able to nail down Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, at the core of it, it's all of this to me is self love. Right? Every every single thing is self love. And one last question, Raj: How did you stay grounded in in July? Ooh. You know, July had a lot of travel. Like I was gone maybe three weeks out of the month, living out of a suitcase. So it was a very ungrounding month while I was navigating all this stuff, and mm-hmm. you know planning funerals and having tough conversations and building businesses, lots. And I think the core thing for me that has really kept me grounded is my relationship. I just never in my past really leaned into relationship as a container for healing and a container that I can really like allow myself to truly rest, like not, and and allow myself to be rest in my most naked form. And, 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 and experience the nourishment of being loved and appreciated. And it takes a lot of work to have a really healthy relationship. It takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of dedication. And although there's effort, it doesn't feel like effort because the nourishment that I receive from it is so grounding. So if I had to think about it this month, it's really been Gina and our relationship and how much she just has helped me just access so much deeper, such deep levels of love within myself. And um, I'm just really grateful for her. So if you ask me right now in this moment, my answer is my relationship. That's what kept me really grounded and continues to nourish me and inspire me from the inside out. That's so beautiful. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, Georgina, I just want to thank you again. Like I, I've realized this more. Like my monthly reflection process is a solo process. Like I go into the thing and I do it all on my own, and I'm solo always. And I'm realizing how powerful it is to have a mirror, someone else to talk through these things through. When you come up with triggers and patterns and things and having another person to really talk about stuff with is so beautiful and valuable to me. And I'm just so grateful that we get to have this container and I'm just grateful that you ask such great questions and I'm just grateful that you're awesome and you're you and I just love you to pieces. So I just have to say that. Yeah. Um, But everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope this was a beautiful conversation that nourishes you, but that is a wrap. And so from us, I'm Raj. This is your wonderful friend, Georgina. Stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast 
Read in our thoughtful posts or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.